I've refused to show up fully as myself because I care too much about what strangers think. That is still an addiction because it's still keeping you from connecting with yourself. You're addicted to the chaos, the struggle, the self-hatred, the judgment, right? So underneath my blatant issue of using drugs, what I had to really get to was the powerlessness that I have felt since I was a kid that I didn't know how to deal with other than reaching to drugs, alcohol, and relationships. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Happy New Year to everyone listening. I hope you've had a great start to the year at the time this is coming out. Welcome back to The Pursuit, where we're here to help you in the pursuit of your best life, your best body, your best mind, and your best spirit. And I have someone I'm so excited to introduce you to today, Vasavi Kumar. I've just been getting to know her, but let me tell you a little bit about her before we jump into the episode here. You know, she's got a really cool story, which I can't wait for you guys to hear. Um, But what she does today is several things, but one of her main things is self-expression and confidence coach. And and we're going to talk today about really becoming more of you. Uh, She's the founder of the Real Rich Community, and she has a membership community there. She runs her own podcast called Being Human. And really, I think kind of specializes in helping entrepreneurs, which I know a lot of you are, feeling more confident, being more confident on camera, more clear in your creative process, and and ultimately embracing more of of who you really are. She's got an extensive background, two master's degrees. Um, You know, she was the former co-host of Studio 512. And... uh, and she was a former host of NBC's Keeping It Real. And anyways, just, her work's been featured in a bunch of stuff. Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Journal, part of me, Fox, VH1. When you listen to that, it's a pretty impressive resume. Um, but I know because I was doing a little research on it, it wasn't always that way. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and maybe the story and journey, how you ended up here? Thank you so much for having me on, Ben. Um, and you know, it's funny when you read my all my accolades, I think for a lot of people, they can they can hear my accolades and they can be like, well, I'm sure she's never gone through anything difficult in life, right? Because they just see the highlight reel of my life. Um, No, it it has not been easy. Um, Who I am today is as a result of a culmination of choices that I've made, both healthy and and unhealthy. But ultimately, they have brought me to be who I am today. Speaking to you, so... I grew up in a first-generation Indian immigrant household on Long Island, New York. My parents came over from India in the 70s. I was the youngest of two. I am the youngest of two. I have an older sister. Um, growing up, I questioned everything, um, which is very uncommon for Indian for sure. Indian girls, right? We're just yeah. supposed to be good and just shut up and you know be, be smart, don't talk, learn how to cook, get married, have kids. Right. Um, basically be everything, right? Be smart, be successful, be a good mom, be a good wife, everything. Um, And I just, I questioned everything from a very young age. I just, you know, I have no problem being told no. I just want you to tell me why. Like, just Mm. give me me a reason why, right? So even, you know, growing up when my parents would say like, oh, you can't, you know, go to sleepovers. I I would say, why? Just just give me your reason why. I, I didn't take anything at face value. So from a very young age, I questioned everything. And I was, I was always on the hunt for like, what will bring me closer to myself, right? That's always everything that I've I've sought in my life has always been, is this gonna bring me closer to the truth of who I am, right? So if you look at my career paths, for example, I have a master's in special ed. I have a master's in social work. I then became a coach and I'm still a coach. Mm-hmm. But even in the past 11 years of, you know, being an entrepreneur, I went to plant-based 
uh, chef school. I went to culinary school. I became a yoga teacher. I was on TV. I'm now acting. I now do stand-up comedy. I was a former TV host. And so from the outside looking in, it can be like, oh my God, girl, make up your mind, right? Make up your (laughs) mind, pick a path, right? Right. This is what we're told. Pick a path. Be grateful that you have a job. Be grateful that you have this paycheck. Pick a path. That wasn't me though. Right. And I want, and I'm share, I share the story because I know that there's somebody listening to this who is torn right now or maybe wants to see what else is there for me out there. Um, and I actually had this thought in the, in the bathtub today. I'm not even kidding. And I think it's perfect that we're talking about this. We didn't know which route this conversation was going to go. But since we're talking about this, I think it would be good. So I, I, I wrote this down, Ben. When I think about getting my master's in education, for me, that was really me cultivating my inner child, right? Wanting to work with children. It was this emotional side of me, right? Wanting to work with children who had special needs because I have my master's in special ed. Mm. When I got my master's in social work, I went to Columbia University, which is an Ivy League school. And I say this for a reason. When I got my MSW, my master's in social work, that really fed my ego Mm. because I went to an Ivy League school and all I wanted was to be approved of, right? Right. Oh, I went to an Ivy League school. Now you can respect me. Mm. But it also hit a part of me that deeply cared about people, right? So it was both and. When I think about the fact that I went down the coaching path, that really, for me, tickled my intellectual side, um, also my financial side, right? Like seeing that this is a lucrative opportunity for me to be able to help a lot of people and make money from it. Mm -hmm. When I took the path of cooking, that really helped get me closer to my body and being able to nourish myself, right? Cooking school. So every, I, what I want your listeners to hear is that everything that I did, you know, it, it was it was all to get closer back to myself. Not everything was about the bottom line. It wasn't always about how do we monetize this? And I think that's what we do. We always pick things based on, well, am I going to make money from this? Sure. Right? And, and there's nothing wrong if you do make money from something, please, Go be successful. Go find the thing that you love and go make a shit ton of money. But when I look at other things as well, like my, you know, being on TV really was my my creative side coming out, my loving to speak, going to yoga class, um, becoming a yoga teacher was really about my spiritual side. And now most recently acting and comedy is really nurturing that creative side of me. Yeah. So I'll hand it back over to you, but I, I really wanted your listeners to get that, that, you know, Number one, you're allowed to change your mind. Mm. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to try new things and just see where it goes and get curious. I think it's awesome you shared that. I think that we have an obsession and preoccupation with money and Mm -hmm. acquisition and uh, more power, more money, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people, um, and and I was going down that path for a while, but a lot of people what I find where they're, they're pursuing those things, yet they're missing the fun of life. They're pursuing those things, yet they're not really doing the things that they ultimately want to do with their life or, or they're doing what they're doing so that someday in the future, I can do the things I want to do with my life, Mm -hmm. which of course we know is a trap. Um, Obviously I I want to hear you talk about this because I know this has been for some the last, you know, 18 months, two years with COVID has been unbelievable years for some, for others, it's been very tough. I know there's people going through their rock bottoms. I know you had your own personal rock bottom. And I would like people to hear that because as you mentioned on the outside, it looks like, oh, her life was easy. Look at all this great stuff. It was probably given to her. Talk to us a bit about that. But when we talk about my rock bottom, my rock bottom, I had a few, but I I would say, yeah, 
I would say the first rock bottom, I don't usually talk about this, so I, I will say that. Um, my first, I was like, shit, this is, this is not going anywhere good. Um, my first rock bottom was when I got arrested mm. in 2017. I got arrested in a very toxic relationship. I was coming off drugs, cocaine, Xanax, and alcohol. I got arrested. This is four years ago. Oh, sorry, five years ago. Or, you know, it was in yeah. February of 2017. I got arrested. That was one rock bottom, but that didn't teach me the lesson because I still needed to get in trouble a few more times after that. I still got back with the ex that I got arrested with because of that relationship. Still didn't learn the lesson. I'm a thorough learner. Okay, I'm a thorough learner. I have to learn my lesson multiple times. Uh, that was one rock bottom. Uh, my other rock bottom was when first time I went to rehab for cocaine. Um, that was in October of 2017. Um, and I had to go back to the East Coast um, I went to Philly to go to East Coast where my um, to go to rehab where my family lives. I, I had to stop coaching. I had to sell pretty much everything. I also had no money because I'd spent all of it on cocaine and taking care of a. I was somebody's sugar mama. Let's just say that some man was very lucky to have me feed him drugs and alcohol and pay for all of his bills. Um, and I allowed that in my life. I take full responsibility for that, and it sucked. So um, you can acknowledge both. You can take personal responsibility and acknowledge how much it sucked. Um, so I went to rehab the first time, came back to Austin, you know, seven months sober, um, got back together with the same guy, the mm. same guy, um, ended up relapsing seven months sober. I was seven months sober. He broke up with me because I was no longer his sugar mama and fun party girl. I was, you know, sober. I was, according to him, boring. Um, and then, my third rock bottom was, you know, getting fired from my TV hosting job because I was just not performing well on camera mm. um, because I was living a lie. I had told everyone that I'd worked with on TV that I was sober, yet on the weekends I was still drinking and using, but I was showing up to work as a, as a morning show host, really leading a double life, right? Lying once again. That's mm. the nature of addiction. You lie. You're, you you keep secrets. That's just what we do. Um and then I had to go back to rehab a second time in March of 2019. When I went to rehab the second time, it was even more humiliating the first time because the second time it's like, you know, here I was this TV show host and I was dressing head to toe in Nordstrom clothing and my heels and my expensive clothes and I had all my makeup and I was on TV and people knew who I was and look at me, shiny, bright, Vasavi, untouchable, right? Look at me out there. I'm so amazing. But deep down and behind closed doors, I had this lie that I was living. It was a secret, you right? I was I was lying about being sober, but I wasn't. Mm. So when I went back to rehab the second time, um, I chose to go the second time. And, and here's why choice is such a powerful thing. The first time I went to rehab, I ran out of money. I'd recently had a miscarriage. My parents basically flew my sister and aunt in to base, pack me up. I, I kind of had no choice. I mean, I could have fought it, but at that point, I had no money, no nothing. I had no clients anymore, nothing. Mm. So when I went to rehab, so I, 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 I had no choice. Like I did, but I didn't, right? If you just kind of look at logistics. Second time I went to rehab, I was, uh, how old was I? I was 37 at the time. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, 36, about to be 37. I was standing in the kitchen, hungover. I was on the phone with my mom and she goes, you have to go take a drug test. I go, how could you accuse me of using? How could you do that? You know, we all do that, right? When we don't want to get caught in our lives, we gaslight the other person. We, we blame the other person. How could you not believe me? And I just had a moment and I hung up on her and I stood there in the kitchen and I'm like, what the hell? I'm about to be 37 years old. 
I'm lying to my mother about using drugs and cocaine. I need to stop this shit. And I called my mother back and I said, I'm not going to take a pee test, urine test. She wanted me to take a urine test. I go, but I will go back to rehab. And my mom was gracious enough to not make me feel bad about that. She said, okay, go. She knew what that meant. She knew you've been lying this whole time. So I dragged myself back. I went to detox. I went to rehab. I walked into the same rehab center that I'd walked into um, two years ago after I, you know, I, I went to the East Coast, came back. I had gone to two rehab centers. And when I walked into the rehab center here in Austin, Texas, everyone knew my name. And they were like, Vasavi, welcome back. And in that moment, I made up my mind, Ben. And I was like, oh, God did not put me on earth to be known as an addict. Like, I, there is more to me than this. Like, people recognizing me being like, welcome back to rehab. I was like, no, I'm done. There is more for my life than being identified with this part of myself that clearly needs to be healed. Mm. Clearly I have an issue. What mm. is it? Right. So I told my counselor, Carl, I said, Carl, I'm never coming back to rehab again. Tell me what I need to do and I will do it. He goes, stop acting like you know everything and just listen to what we tell you to do. I said, okay. And that was it. Here I am almost three years later, sober, two and a half years clean. So That's- two and a half, three years clean. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing, by the way. Yeah. Um, I feel like as everyone's listening, it's just, it's one of those things that it's inspiring to hear people, uh, you know, and know that, hey, we all go through different things at different times. And everybody, as you're listening to, I mean, you might be thinking, okay, well, that's not me, but we all have our struggles. We all have our challenges. And, um, and I think at times we all have, uh, uh, we all have things that we all need to address and face and figure out what's holding us back and becoming our best self, right? That's what I want to say. See, I have a story that some people can relate to and some people can't. They're like, I've never dabbled in drugs. I've never had a problem. Don't focus on the content of what I'm telling you. Like, yes, I'm a storyteller. I'm giving you the inside look into my life. The bigger picture here is where are you lying to yourself? Yes. Where are you the biggest obstacle? What are you still externally holding on to that is keeping you from being more of you? For me, I was holding on to relationships, men, sex, drugs, alcohol, right? Those were my blatant issues. What are your blatant issues? Mm. And it doesn't have to be illegal. It doesn't have to be a bag of cocaine. But what is your, what is your addiction? Yeah. What what are you so addicted to that you, that you're not connecting with yourself? The truest part of you. And it doesn't have to be, like I said, this rock bottom rehab. Oh my, no, it can be, I'm addicted to my family's approval. Mm. I refuse to show up fully as myself because I care too much about what strangers think. That is still an addiction because it's still keeping you from connecting with yourself. Yep. You're addicted to the chaos, the struggle, the self-hatred, the judgment, right? So underneath my blatant issue of using drugs, what I had to really get to was the powerlessness that I have felt since I was a kid that I didn't know how to deal with other than reaching to drugs, alcohol, and relationships. Where do you feel powerless in your life? And how do you overcompensate to feel powerful? What do you do to puff up your chest, even though internally you're so insecure and you, and you wallow in self-loathing? Yeah. What is it? You got to be willing to look at the parts of yourself that you absolutely hate. Yeah. I think, I think it's so good. I think it's great to even just to think about what are you ignoring? You know, what simply stated, what are you ignoring? What are you avoiding relationship with mom, relationship with yourself, relationship with your body, how you talk, what are you ignoring your money, your finances, doing the work discipline? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So true. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. So you, you're the founder of the Real Rich Community, and um, and I, I we didn't talk about this previously, but I want to know how do you define someone that is real rich? They're really rich. Talk talk to me about it. I love that question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, so two things. So being real is being is is what it is. Be like be be you. Say the realest realest thing that you could possibly say, no matter how uncomfortable it is. If you don't like something, say it. Open, open up the conversation, right? Be real. It may be triggering and maybe uncomfortable, but be real mm. because you invite other people to be real with you or you repel them. Either way, if you're going to repel them, bye, you don't want them in your life, but you may, the more real you are, the more you are yourself, you will either attract or repel, right? And that to me is great. Be polarizing, be your real self. Stop being watered down, right? Being rich um, is really about, the substance within. What are you made of? Mm. If 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 we took away all your money, your house, your car, your watch, your this, your that, what would be left on the inside? You know, two months ago, I had my lowest producing income month, but I felt the richest I ever felt hmm. because I was dancing every Wednesday, socializing. I'm traveling. I'm starting my days off with bubble baths. I'm meditating. I'm like walking. I'm just. I'm. I'm writing comedy. And I made the least amount of money in, the, in in this past year, which I have a very high standard for how much I should make. So low for me may not be, you know, maybe high for somebody else. But my point is, it wasn't what I was used to. I mean, obviously, I'm able to pay my bills. I have money saved, all that, right? Yeah. But I noticed, I checked in with myself. I go, oh, my bank account is not. Uh, my, my, my incoming transactions are not as high as they are. And then I checked in. I go, but how do you feel about mm. yourself? Do you think you're less than? Do you think you're a loser because you didn't bring in that amount that you usually bring in? And I was honest and I said, no, I feel fucking fabulous. I feel great. And that's what I want. That's richness. Mm. That is richness. And from that richness, you can develop the richness on the outside in you your know, bank I, account. Yeah. I love that definition too, because there's no amount, uh, you and I both know, there's no amount of external accolades, money, success, whatever that can nope. substitute for that real richness. And it, uh, I love the way you define that. So Thank you. Um, tell me, uh, everyone's listening. They say, yeah, you know, I do want more of that. I want to feel some of that richness. Where do we begin? What's wh Where can we start? I Okay, this is probably not what everyone's going to expect, but find a goddamn hobby and do it. I started playing. I'm not kidding. I, I started playing tennis. I played tennis when I was a kid. Move your body. I'm not even kidding. I am lazy as hell. I'm a Taurus. I'm a homebody. I'm I'm of the earth. Put me in front of a couch and I am great. But you know what? As creative as I am, and I have high energy, you, I have big energy. You can feel it through the mic. I yeah. got to move my body. It has to, that energy has to go somewhere. So I started playing tennis. Mm. First, I started taking private lessons. Then I joined a league. I'm in two women's leagues now. Then I went to Cancun and I played tennis at the Rafael Nadal Tennis Academy. It's cool. my hobby. I have something outside of my business, right? My business is not the center of my life. Having fun, feeling good is my number one focus. Mm. Number one, when I make my calendar, I look to see how much fun am I having this week? Where am I moving my body this week? How many in real life you know, connections am I making? It's not always about cash, money, bottom line, but I will tell you this, your ROI, your bottom line will increase when you're having more fun and that childlike spirit comes out. So I started playing tennis. What did I do after that? Um, I started taking acting classes. I have an agent now, so I'm in commercials. So, and then I, I signed up for a comedy class because that's something I've always, I'm really good at make. I'm, I'm pretty funny, Ben. I don't know if you know this, I'm pretty funny. I, I'm learning how to write, write comedy. 
Um, what else did I do? I doubled my, and then like from there, I started feeling so good. The confidence even really started to go up even more. I doubled my prices and people started paying them because my energy is so like, yes, work with me. It's like authority. Yes. If you, if you, if you want to get help, I can help you. Let's do it. There's no desperation. There's no nothing. It's like, I'm a walking embodiment of what I'm preaching. And right. that's all I want. I yeah. just, I want to be it. I want to be it. So I started handling my own shit behind closed doors and mm. started having more fun. Mm. Um, so that's my thing. What's a move your body, find a way to be more verbally expressed. Um, find something that, you know, if, if you're the kind of person that's like, well, what's the point of this? Like, it's not a personal development course for my, you know, for my business. Stop, develop you, mm. develop you as a person. And that will impact your business. Hmm. You're a whole person. Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal advice. I spent, I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years. I didn't tell you that beforehand, but I spent the first decade not doing that. And the first decade was everything needed to be a money-making activity. You needed to be, uh, I was either growing myself or my business and um, not a lot of time, not a lot of time scheduled for that other stuff, a little bit, but not a lot. And then over the last, I'd say three or four years, as actually it was meditation that really got me into it. But as I started to meditate, I realized that the purpose of life is to live. I mean, the purpose of life is to experience, to have a great time. And it, um, again, stop everybody. If this is you right now, I know a lot of you guys are entrepreneurs or you're career driven. And I think that one of the things we're talking about is, is stop living with the illusion that someday in the future you can start living. And start living your life the way you want to now, at least start small. I love what you talked about finding a hobby. I think that's so awesome. Well, I'll tell you this, and I, I'm going to be morbid as hell because I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, melancholy most of the time. It, it really helps with my comedy. We have no idea when we're going to die. Totally. We take it for granted that we're going to be alive tomorrow. I have no idea. I have no idea on how freaking arrogant of me to think that I'm going to be alive tomorrow. Mm. No, I have to live every day. Like it's, I got to be, I got to feel full. I got to feel rich. I got to, rich on the inside. I got to connect. I got to make people laugh. I got to make myself laugh. I got to pay attention to my dreams. I got to, I got to do the things. Comedy has really helped. I started a comedy page on my Instagram. I have my business page. My name is Vasavi. I have my comedy page, which is called Brown Sheep Media because I'm the brown sheep of the family. I posted a reel yesterday. Um, I've been alchemizing my agony, you know, being, be, just being uh, bullied as a kid growing up in an all white town. So I, I posted a comedic reel about white yoga teachers. I got my first two hater comments. Uh, someone gave me the middle finger and they said namaste. And they gave me the, the middle, they said namaste and they gave me the middle finger. Of course it was this white girl. It's okay, but it's actually helping me so much because the um, a lot of the things that hold us back in our business, being visible, being more outspoken, um, yeah, that we, we have to find a way to alchemize that, right? So what's your fear? My fear, and I'm going to say this, and I know you're white, Ben, but I have a very deep fear of white people. I was the only, you know, Indian girl in an all-white school. I was teased incessantly for being Indian, uh, all white teachers who didn't understand me. Um, and so, you know, for me to alchemize that agony, that, that fear through my comedy has been so healing for me. The other day I did an open mic, not the other day, it was literally two days ago. And um, I got so nervous on stage. I, I, I have a beautifully written five minute comedy set and I, it's memorized, I know it by heart, but everyone in the audience was white. And there were like 17, 18 white people in the audience and I felt like a kid again. Mm. And I had a little bit of a speech paralysis. Like I, um, it's not actually stuttering. It's called an audible inhalation where I actually can't get the word out because my body is so tense. Yeah. And um, I'm like, okay, we got to work on this. We got to get in, 
because I'm in Austin. It's not the most diverse, right? So it's putting myself on stage, getting in front of people that I'm afraid of, or as a child, I was afraid of. As an adult, I know better. Yeah. It's, um, it's healing me. So what I want to say to your listeners is the thing that you're most afraid of doing, the people, whoever it is, like you have to do it. Mm. Like there's no other secret tip. I don't have a tip. Do it. My tip is to do it. Like that's it. Like for me, in order for me to be able to impact the people that I want to help, I don't care if you're white, brown, black, whatever. I want to be able to help humans with souls. And that's everybody. And I don't want to discriminate. If I can't get over my fear of white people, I'm not he I'm not gonna impact to the extent that God wants me to impact mm. if I don't get over my own fears. Do you get what I'm saying? Hundred percent I get what you're saying. So yeah. who are you terrified of is the question that I want you to ask yourself. Who am I afraid of? Mm. Who is it? Name it. Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it your, who, who, who's the version of that person that you're afraid of? For me, it's like the white girls in school that like, they were mean to me. I was, I mean, it, I can joke about it now, but going, walking into school every day was agonizing. Wow. Agonizing. And that shit has kept me back in some ways. Even me who preaches to be more of you on camera. I'm great on camera, but what I'm noticing is the on stage live is what trips me up. That's what I'm working on in this season of my life. What are you going to alchemize in this season of your life? Hmm. You know, I think as everyone's listening, certainly as uh, as we're getting to know each other, but I, I love how real you are. And I know that's part of your message. I get it. Um, but, but you see is what you get, Ben. <laughs> I know I can tell. And I think everybody listening, everybody watching gets it too, right? They can see that. And it's an inspiration for all of us to step into, which leads to my next point. Um, but to really step into more of you. And I know we were talking prior to the interview too, of this, this would be a great thing for us to discuss too, but how, how do you start to become more of you? Cause I think everybody, like everyone listening, there's, there's a part of you. There's what, what Vasavi just talked about where maybe there's something you're afraid of somebody you're afraid of, whatever it might be. There's other things. I even, just so you know, you're helping me right now. There's two projects I've been putting off that I know I'm going to do, but there were anyways, I just been putting them off. But as you were talking, Appreciate I was thinking, okay, jump in, let's go. And, um, and I'm excited about them. Just got to get into them. So how to become more of you in 2022, the one that you know, you want to be, but you're putting off. So I gave this assignment to a client the other day, um, who realized that she's inauthentic with everyone she meets. Um, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to call yourself out on the moment. So let's just say you're having a conversation with someone and they ask you, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm fine. But you know, that's a bullshit lie. You're not fine. Mm. I want you to, in that moment, say, you know what? That's not the truth. Here's how I'm really feeling. Call yourself out when you know you're lying. Mm. Call yourself out to people and just, it's in a gentle way, right? Like, so if you, if you ask me, Ben, um, Ben, if you ask me, Vasavi, how's your day today? You know, um, maybe I would have been like, ah, oh, it's okay. Because maybe I have a fear of, uh, f uh, you know, I don't want to show that I'm actually really happy, right? Because I feel bad. What if you're not happy? So I have to match your energy, right? Mm -hmm. we, we do this thing where we match people's mm -hmm. energy. But the truth is, I feel freaking great right now. I got up at six, took a bubble bath, went to dance class, did my, con I feel great. But we, we lie to people. We lie to ourselves and we lie to people, right? So you gotta be honest with yourself, honest with another. So it's just, that's a simple, simplest thing is like in your everyday interactions, be honest, hmm. be honest. We, I don't need to teach you how to be honest. 
You know how to be, you know when you're lying because you can feel it. And if you've become so good that you can lie to yourself, I don't know what to say, but hopefully this interview will help you start to confront yourself. Look in the mirror. That's another thing. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself and ask yourself, how am I doing right now? How am I feeling? Because if you can look at yourself in the mirror and lie to yourself, it's like, whoa, we got to, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. You got to be, you got to be, you can't lie to your own reflection. You can't. And I remember in my addiction, Ben, I would um, always keep the bathroom lights off because I hated who I was because I was a raging cokehead who was coaching clients and telling them to live their best life. I wouldn't even go into the bathroom with the lights on because I hated my own reflection. So that's why I'm such a huge fan of mirror work because now I look at every mirror. I look at every reflection. I look at myself in the mirror with clothes, without clothes. I love who, who I love the person looking back at me. And I want everyone to be able to look at themselves and be like, I like who I am. Because guess what? When you start liking who you are, you don't give a fuck what other people think about you. Yeah. Because you like you. I don't need you to like me. I like me. <laughs> so well said. I got a funny so mirror work. So yeah. let me reiterate that. Call yeah. yourself out when you're not telling the truth to yourself and to others. Like, for example, if you're procrastinating on something, your mind internally is like, oh, it's okay. You can wait. Say it out loud. The name of my book, which is coming out in spring of 2023, is called Say It Out Loud. Literally, if you notice yourself procrastinating, say out loud man, I don't want to do this right now. I feel like procrastinating. And then you can coach yourself and be like, okay, you've been making these excuses for months now. What's holding you back? And literally have a dialogue with yourself out loud. Because if you keep that inside of your mind, that narrative starts to become true. Your excuses become so valid to you. Mm. They're so sexy. Oh my God, my wife's pregnant. Oh my God, I got this. Oh my God. No, just stop with the bullshit. You can make the time. You've been lying to yourself. So talk it out loud to yourself. I do this every day. I'm the craziest person you'll ever meet. I talk out loud everywhere, in the shower, in the tub, in the car, in dance. I'm just, I, I have to hear myself think out loud. Otherwise, if I, I'll buy my own bullshit. I'll start to believe my own bullshit if I keep it in my head, right? So talk to yourself out loud. Call yourself out on a lie. When you hear yourself lying, even with the smallest things, like even if you're ordering something at a restaurant, let's just say you don't like peas and there's peas in the in the meal and and the server says, do you want to make any adjustments? And you're like, no, I'm fine. No, that's a lie. Can you say, OK, can you remove the peas? Like, see, you know, it's it's, it's yeah. in the littlest moments where we just, oh, it's OK. Oh, it's OK. It's OK. Right. And then look at yourself in the mirror. That's the second thing. Amazing. I think what you just said, that restaurant example, I, I feel like. um I think that often is for a lot of us, it's just that example of we feel in a way of, I'm just, oh. you know, there's something not not worthy of me in a way or something along those lines, right? Ben, you are, I, I told you my ex's name was Ben. You did. Right? Every time we'd go out, he's a very quiet, people-pleasing. He's a nice guy. He's what you would call a nice guy. And of course, I'm like the bull in the china shop. This is why we didn't work out. We'd go out to eat. I'm a vegetarian for religious reasons. I was yeah. raised vegetarian. When we'd go out to eat, I would, you know, need adjustments and modifications. And he'd be like, oh my God, do you have to ask them? And I'm like, yes, 
We, this is called the service industry. I'm coming here. I'm paying for my meal. I, I'm always kind to my, my, my servers. It's not like I'm being rude to them, right? I'm, I, I ask my server's name. I want to know where, where they're from. And I'm, you know, it's just a dialogue. But he was so uncomfortable with me asking for what I wanted because his limiting belief or his, his, his truth for him was I don't want to be a burden. If I ask for what I want, I'm a burden. Right. Okay, how's that working out for you in life? How's that promotion going for you? Right. Oh, you didn't get it yet, huh? Oh, okay, because you don't ask for what you want. Yeah. So, so how you know it really is how you do anything is how you do everything. Totally. Yep. Ask is a powerful phrase. I want to tell you two quick stories actually on stuff you just spoke about. The other day was, um, uh, of course, the new year. Everyone's got their new habits they want to develop, and so one of mine is just getting up earlier to wake up at five thirty and meditate and do do about an hour long. Um, so the first day I was going to do that. We just, we have two kids and, and it was just a rough night with the kids. They were up the whole night. It was, you know, not a good sleep. So anyways, I didn't get up at 5.30. And then this was a couple of nights ago. Then Monday, I'm at a really late night. I was just visiting with somebody. It was really late and I was a sore throat and just not feeling good. So I go, my alarm set for 5.30 and it's on the other side of the room, but I go to set it and go to change it for 7 a.m. And I change it for 7 a.m. And I'm walking back to my bed as I, hey, hold on a sec here, pal right? You need, you need to stop for a sec. If you don't do this now, when are you going to do this? There's always going to be an excuse. So anyways, I went back and it worked out great, but that you're to your point to actually have a conversation with, to stop, you know, believing the lies and have a real conversation with yourself worked super effectively. It was awesome, right? It was a I great. Love that. And wait, and, and so hold on, did you have that conversation out loud or internally? No, that was internally. It was internally. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to push you and everyone listening. That's, that's amazing that you did that. Do it out loud. Just try it next time and do it for like everything. I will. Just like anytime you feel, re- okay. So here, here's how you know when you should, when you feel resistance. Right. When you're like, I don't want to do this. I can't, I'm not able to, I'm too weak. I don't have what it takes. When you feel resistance, say the resistance out loud. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. And yeah, uh, I, I, I believe it. I have no doubt. <laughs> um, on the note of mirror work, you know, Louise Hay, you familiar with her stuff? Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, if you don't have a copy of You Can Heal Your Life, you need to get a copy of You Can Heal Your Life. I think it's one of the best books. So she, she taught for a long time mirror work. So I'm reading this book several years ago, 2017. And um, I'm reading the book. And, and I, I thought at that point in my life, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm pretty in love with myself in a good way. And, um, but I'll try it. I'll do the mirror work. And one of the exercises you go in front of a mirror and you, you know, for however long, I love myself, I love myself. And you're staring in the mirror reflection. And she said in the book that sometimes some people, their, their reactions are so different. Some people break down in tears. Some people break down a physical reaction in highs, but I'm just doing it. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I got this. This is good. And I sneeze and I freaking tweak my back. Like I, <laughs> and I thought, okay, shit, maybe I don't have this together. There's probably some stuff to work on here. So <laughs> anyways, yes. you just reminded me of that story. You know, Louis, I don't think Louise hates, I don't think Louise Hayes says this for mirror work, but you know, this part is powerful. Um, you could say, I love you. I love myself. Try telling, try saying, looking in the mirror and being like, this is why I hate you. Mm. This is why I hate myself. H- have that come out. Mm. I know a lot of people might be like, don't focus on that. But it's like, that's the part of you that you've been working so hard to hide. It's mm. easy to be like, oh my God, I love myself. Look at my hair. Look at how, look at how pretty I am. Yeah. But I also really hate that I'm super insecure. I'm also, I also hate the fact that in front of white people, I get scared and I mm. stutter. Be honest with yourself. Like that's the kind of rigorous honesty I'm talking about. 
Hmm. Yeah. What a concept. Well, I guess the truth will set you free though, right? <laughs> yes. You can transform, you can transform it once it once it comes out of you, right? But you can't really transform if you're not willing to even look at it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think I think yeah, one of your I saw one of your taglines too is when you know yourself, you can be doing create anything you want. And I think that's really what we're talking about is that if if we can't acknowledge the things that maybe we do hate about ourselves or that we're, you know, or we just keep pushing it away, we're really not acknowledging ourselves. But the minute you acknowledge it, you have the ability to change it. Awareness is the first step to change, right? Yes. So it, um, good. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. I got a question for you. So, um, I mean, your answer may be what we've already talked about of just being honest, but how do we really start to actually cultivate self-trust? So in becoming this more authentic self, authentic you, how do we start to do that? So two things that have worked for me is I make a decision within myself. I don't ask a ton of people for feedback. Right. I don't. I have a mentor. My mentor is Ricky Williams. He's a former NFL player, Heisman Trophy winner. He actually co-leads a lot of my um, Real Rich calls with me because we have that male-female dynamic. He's a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wonderful to like talk to things about, but I like... I have people in my life, right, that I respect, but I make my decisions for myself and I don't ask a million people for feedback. Mm-hmm. I trust myself. I Like whatever it is, it's like if it's shopping or if it's meal planning or like from the littlest things to the biggest things, like just trust it and trust it and trust that even if the decision isn't quote unquote the right decision, that it's still the right decision mm-hmm. because it'll lead you to the next thing, right? So trust all of it. Trust your ability to handle anything that life throws your way, but like make decisions without constantly asking people for feedback Hmm. and get quiet, you know, but here's the biggest thing for trust for me. What has helped me is that I don't run from uncomfortable emotions. See, like in my recovery, Ben, you know, I I was new, freshly broken up with. I had a broken engagement. I had no cocaine, no alcohol, no nothing, no money. My mom was sending me money because I was newly in recovery second time. And she said, I'm very lucky for that, that I had that support. And she goes, I just want you to focus on you. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about making money. I'm going to support you. I said, okay, give me six months. That's what, That was our deal. I go, give me six months and I'll be back on my own financially. And I was, because I had had a foundation of my coaching practice. I just needed to get myself right. My right. coaching was fine. I'm a great freaking coach. I sucked at taking care of myself. That's mm-hmm. the truth. I'm a phenomenal coach. And I know that, but it was, I, I was shitty with myself. So what I would say is, you know, during my recovery, I had to, I couldn't run from my feelings of uselessness. And I felt such a loser that my mom would have to send me money to pay my electric bill and all that. I couldn't run from that though, right? I couldn't run from feeling like a loser. I had to sit with the most uncomfortable, ugliest thoughts about myself. I'm a loser. Nobody loves me. I'm invisible. I don't have any men texting me. Who am I if I don't have money or men's validation or coaching clients or I'm not in the media? Who am I? Oh, I'm a nobody. Mm -hmm. So I had to be with feeling like a nobody in order to start to treat myself and begin that process of being a somebody in my own eyes. And I'm not saying everyone has to feel like a nobody to become a somebody. I don't want anyone to ever go through what I went through. But if I I share it to to really just help you spark inside of you, where do you still feel like a nobody? And what do you do to overcompensate? Because see, like, that's where my true confidence comes from, Ben. I have been with the ugliest, meanest thoughts of myself and I haven't 
altered my state of mind because of it. I haven't mm-hmm. run to sex, men, drugs, alcohol. I can sit and be with every part of myself to the point of cringing, but I let it move through me. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of my own darkness and my thoughts and my self-hatred. I work through that. I let it move through me. And I didn't have to run. I didn't have to run from myself anymore. I'm not the scariest person in the room. My mind is in such a scary place anymore. So I can be with myself in solitude, pin drop silence, and not feel like my skin is crawling and not feel the need to reach out to people to give me company. I am my best company. So, you know, when you can really, really be with yourself fully, all of you, the parts that you hate, especially, because it's easy to be with the shiny. I mean, I'm brilliant. I'm smart. I'm well-spoken. I'm pretty. I'm charming. I'm sad. I love those parts of me, but can I love the other parts of me too? The parts of me that I hate? Right. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I built my confidence, honestly. Yeah. That's not the answer I was expecting. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. No, you don't need to apologize. I think it's great. But, but, but I will say this tangible. We're talking about getting on camera. I will say this because I, I don't want to, because I, I want people to walk away doing like actually having clear action steps. When it's getting on camera, getting more visible, get on camera every day, period. Mm-hmm. If you're taking a walk, you have an epiphany, you have a thought, get hop on your stories and share it. You never know who's going to listen. I get on my stories every single day. If you want to go on Instagram live and you want to start connecting with your audience, write out your talking points. Write out your talking points. Get clear on your audience's pain points. Go on live. Don't worry if nobody shows up. You can always use it as you know uh, content that's living on your feed. When it comes to when it comes to getting on camera, it's like anything else. It's consistency and it's practice. Get on camera every day. You will feel more confident. I've been in front of a camera since I was three years old. Hmm. Right. So it's just practice. I'm no better than you. I just have more practice. Uh, you can put me in front of a camera on my worst day, and I will still shine really bright. Yeah. Because I have practice. I know how to channel that from within. You can yeah. do it too. Get on camera every day. Yep. I think every you- opportunity to speak, any opportunity to teach, any opportunity to get in front of an audience, say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it earlier, this confidence comes from doing, right? The yeah. more, so it, uh, it's so great. On the note of sitting with your emotions, I, uh, I, you know, anyway, if you listen to the show for a while, we've talked a lot about meditation. I, th- I think meditation is so powerful for that reason, because I mean, there's nowhere to go, right? There's nowhere to run. There's no uh, social media to distract yeah. yourself with. There's no food to eat. There's no alcohol to drink. There's just, it's just you are with you and you experience it. And you can, you know, rather than get caught up in the emotion, you can allow it as, as Vasavi said, you can allow it to just be and notice it. Okay. Yeah. Great. And it's, it's interesting as you allow it to go, it, it dissipates, right? But the more we, the more we ignore it or we try and run from it, we try, you know, I don't want to feel that way or whatever it might be is that's where you continue, continue to bury it within. And then it keeps showing up. So beautiful. Yeah. Hey, awesome time today. Thank really you, good. Really Thank good. You. I'm excited about, uh, it's been a, something I've been working on anyways, and I'm excited about incorporating more of these ideas, just stepping into more of who I really am. Yes. Getting started Please, on let's projects. see more of you, Ben. That's right. And um, so a uh, couple things really quickly. Where can people connect with you? Best places to find you? So I'm going to offer, um, I want to offer two things to your audience. Well, first thing is um, a masterclass I did on Camera Confidence, where I talk about the energetics and the psychology behind visibility. But I also share how to share your story. So okay. how to share your story. Um, so this is a replay 
um, that I recently just did that I want your listeners to have access to. Um, second invitation is I do have a camera confidence accelerator eight week program starting March 1st. It's for men and women, thought leaders, experts, podcasters, anyone who wants to be more of them and work with me directly. It's a eight week group program plus four one-on-one sessions with me. Super excited. You can go ahead and apply for that. So I'll send you the link. And if you just want to connect, um, come to my Instagram. My name is Vasavi is my handle. And my website is vasavikumar.com. You can find everything there. Perfect. We'll get that in the links for everybody. And uh, yeah, I guess just closing remarks. I mean, what, uh, you know, again, we talked a bit about 2022. I think when this is going to come out, will be mid-January, mid to late January. Um, So I guess just in closing, everybody's optimistic that this year can be better than last and things will change. And what do you, what do you want to leave people with? What I want to leave people with is... Number one, say your resistance out loud so it doesn't have control over you in your mind. Number two, my promise to you is this, and I, I try not to make too many promises uh, if, if, if it involves other people, right? Like I can keep promises to myself, but it's like, you know, you're on your own here, but I want to promise you this. If you say out loud, if you speak out loud and you speak your resistance out loud and you're willing to be open about what's possible for you and you start to breathe life into possibility rather than problems and why it's not going to work, you will be, do, and create anything you want. You absolutely can. I have no doubt that every single person listening to this, whatever, I don't even know what you want. I don't know what your dreams are. I don't know what your business is. I, I don't need to know, but I do know that you can do anything you want. You have to decide. You have to decide and then have to be rigorously honest with yourself and um, be super focused and, and, and be so focused that, you know, you can spot a distraction a mile away, mm. you know, and just be, be, be very selfish when it comes to your goals and, and focusing on you. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Perfect way to wrap things up. Everybody, I'm excited about focusing on it. Uh, the resistance out loud. I got to say that was one. I've never heard somebody talk about that. Uh, and uh, and I'm excited to actually apply that and test it out. Good. And um, hey, thank you so much for the time. Listen, everybody. I know you love this. Make sure you're sharing the episode. Tag Vasavi, tag myself. Let's get this information out to more and more people. If you're new to the show, go ahead and click subscribe. Leave us a review. Much appreciated. And with that, I hope that you have the best year of your life, whatever time you're listening to this. I hope this is the best year of your life. We'll see you all soon. Bye, everyone. 